I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. The great alchemists of the past, from Hermes to Paracelsus to Steiner, believed we are spiritual beings at our core, and therefore, health or disease begins on a spiritual level. Today's guest understands the spiritual side of us very well. He's a sixth-generation shaman and a visionary for the now age. He also shares a key principle of innovative medicine in that he's redefining what wellness and health means by empowering people so that they may live consciously, authentically, and in full alignment. He's a best-selling author, been profiled in People magazine, and worked with people like Gwyneth Paltrow and Dave Asprey, and even hosts an online shaman school. This is the story of spirit hacking with Shaman Durek. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Shaman Durek. And I wanted to start by saying congrats on the book. I know it's been a little while, but I read it. I really enjoyed it because it really pertained to what's going on today. And I know you released it in 2019 with the intention of getting it out before the pandemic and everything going on in the world. So can you give us your thoughts on what's going on, perhaps discussing a little bit of the darkness that we're witnessing right now and what's going on in the world and why this book was released at this time right before the pandemic hit? Absolutely. So, you know, as a shaman, one of our roles in life is to be able to forecast and see what is going on with humanity as far as our projection of our evolution, how we're operating in um, in our sociological understanding and how we're creating what we call social cooperation. So when I started projecting into that space, I noticed that there is going to be the whole world was going to be shut down. And when I first told my publisher, I have to write a book, you know, the, the message was very clear that there was going to be this blackout for a long period of time. We're first going to be going through a lot of stuff with racism. We're going to be dealing with major issues around government and conflicts and that. We're going to be dealing with, um, you know, things to do with vaccinations and things to do with like uh, the health and the body as far as like viruses and this type of stuff. And my publisher when I first presented my first manuscript was so scared because he was like, you sound like you're writing a doomsday book, you know? And what I found very fascinating in it was that it was hard for them to be able to grasp the level of what I was speaking about. So I, you know, the book was going to be called blackout 2020. Are you ready? And it was a guide to be able to help you understand the different calamities and things that we are going to be experiencing on a, on a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level that we're going to be showing up on earth. But at that time, he felt that it was a little too much charged in the idea of blackout. He thought people might see it as a racial way of saying blackout, or he might, it might be too much for people. So I spent some time um, in the weekend. I spent like a week up in uh, Canada with my friend Dave Asprey at the Alpha Base. And we were just talking about it because he wanted to write the forward to my book. And his business person who he was running his company at the time, this um, girl um, was an amazing girl named Serena. She said, you know, Derek, honestly, like, if you think about it, what is Dave always talking to you about? And so I was saying to Dave, I was like, well, what do you think about it? And he said, well, Derek, you know, I'm the biohacker. You're the spirit hacker. 
you've always called yourself a spirit hacker. So why don't you just call it spirit hacking and bypass all of that, you know, red tape and just get this book out. Right. So the problem that we had in the beginning was uh, finding a publisher that would publish the book right before the, uh, the whole pandemic. And that was a very difficult situation. But what, what really came clear to me more than anything and still does to this day is that we human beings are not witnessing the understanding of how this world operates yet. And the world is not there to punish us or to hurt us or to put us in a box or make us afraid. The world is playing out our own inner conflict. And even though we have a system that likes to keep us in separation and keep hierarchy as a state of how we operate in society, so there can be these reasons for codependency, we have to understand that that system doesn't understand that the, that the repercussions of that are creating all the things that we're seeing right now and all the things that we will continue to see as long as we don't understand that the true conflict takes place within us and how we interrelate with ourselves and with each other. And so the whole idea of the book was to give people the tools and tips to be able to navigate themselves through these times and be able to up-level themselves in consciousness and emotional intelligence so that they're able to, to uh, attain a level of, of responsibility, but also an understanding of how it's not about going into victim or blaming or shaming or getting into a space of looking for what's wrong, but let's start looking for how we can look at what's right and start focusing our attention on what we do want to see, what we do want to experience versus us constantly focusing on the lack, but start seeing the cup more full than empty. Absolutely. And, you know, talking about separation, which you mentioned is part of the darkness and what we're seeing a lot of right now is separation, not just in the political realm, but as you said, on the racial realm on all these others. But one of the big ones I know also that really relates to health and disease is separation from nature. And it seems that we are taking ourselves further and further away from nature, even though we are part of nature. Why do you think that is that humans have this almost arrogance at times? to separate themselves from nature and in doing so basically making themselves sick. Well, I think a lot of that comes down to the psychological understanding of the development of our species. You know, human beings um, are not operating in the field of awareness that their existence belongs to them. They believe that their existence belongs either to their family and their friends or to their to their boss at work or to the government or to their social environment, or, you know, to their children, but it doesn't belong to them. And so therefore, when you can't see your own existence, you can't see the very fibers and the very essences and the very energies that actually created you to exist. And so our bodies, as you just said, we're part of nature. And so I'm going to take that a little bit further. We are nature, right? But what we don't understand is that our bodies are made up of high vibrational frequencies that are almost is more projecting than an atomic energy. And that atomic energy burns. And so when it burns, it burns out very quickly anything that's around it because of its outer circumference. So what we need is a biological spacesuit in which to inhabit. But this biological spacesuit needs to be replenished with the same thing that it was created from. So every part we say in shamanism, every part of your body is a living spirit. 
And every part of your body has its own consciousness. You also have all these very microorganisms in your body that have their own consciousness and everything is coexisting in this space. And so what happens is when you don't replenish the body with the water, you're not replenishing the liquids of your body. When you don't replenish it with food, you're not replenishing the earth, the bones that create the bone marrow, which creates all the different cells in your body. And if you don't replenish the air, then you're not getting enough oxygen to those things to give it life, right? And so everything, and if you don't have heat from the sun and, and move your muscles and move your body, you're not generating your thermogenic system, which then is not allowing you to heat up your system so that your body can continue to balance the equilibrium in your system. So what happens is your body can't get rid of toxins. It can't get rid of poisons. It can't get rid of all of these free radicals and things that are actually breaking down your immune system and causing inflammation. So what we have to understand is that when we go to nature, nature communicates to nature. So what happens when we're in nature, our body then starts communicating to the essence, the frequency, the energies that make up the core of nature, and it begins to replenish us. It begins to pull out any type of what we call negative cellular memory discord within our system that is caused by what? caused by aggressive markers. Aggressive markers are energy frequencies that are constantly coming at us in an aggressive way that attack the system. It's like someone putting you in a cage with a lion, but the lion's hungry and you don't know exactly when it's gonna eat you. That feeling is building high levels of cortisol in your body. And that begins to turn into a toxin, a serotoxin that your body then begins to disperse into inflammation and all types of breakdowns of cellular damage, um, tissue damage, you name it because of the inflammation. And this is one of the, the, re, the leading causes of decline health disease in the system, because when the body cannot function at its optimized level, then all of the outside contaminants, poisons, bacteria, viruses, and so forth can easily affect the body because the body's weakened. Its immune system is weakened. Its endocrine system is weakened. And so what happens is when you're in nature, it, nature holds a magnetic frequency that most people aren't aware of, of why we have a moon and a sun. It's quite beautiful in the essence of it and the way we shamans look at it is that the moon itself is generating a magnetic energy source that affects the water on the planet. The water is something that we call intelligent consciousness. It means that Earth's way of learning about each individual animal and person and plant on the planet is because the water is the liquid. It's the, uh, it's the embryonic fluid of the planet that when you bring it into your body, it reads all of your frequencies, all of your thoughts, all of your emotions, because your emotions is connected to the water. That's why in shamanism, we say that the emotions is the keeper of water. It's the feminine aspect of your body. And it communicates back to the water all of your information. The water absorbs all that information, gives it to the earth and tells it what types of plants, what types of development and species needs to be developed on this planet for sustainability. But when we don't spend time in nature and we don't stay in that space of nature and invite that as a part of our everyday life, we actually limit ourselves from being able to flush out all of these energies that are affecting us in these frequencies that are causing what we call attack upon our system, which we don't even know is happening because it's happening in, in such subtle frequencies. But people don't go, why do I have so much anxiety? That's because your body feels like it's attacked every single day and you're not awareing, aware of the subtle nuances of energies that are attacking you. It could have been the lunch you were at. It could have been the thing that you keep focusing on from past 
past memories that keep telling your brain that it's still happening. All of these things are causing a cause and react um, situation within your body system and your body. If it doesn't have the support of nature, it, and unfortunately, it cannot um, recycle and replenish you. And therefore, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. And that reminds me, you know, when you talk about energies and, and especially water and information, um, uh, Dr. Emoto's work in hidden, you know, messages in water. Are you a proponent and fan of, of that type of, you know, understanding that water is essential and carries the frequencies and you could speak to water and kind of empower it as well. And we are made of water. So that's incredibly important. Well, we learn that in our first training in shamanism when we're children, um, we learn about the elements and how they operate and then how we can utilize them for um, higher intelligence, healing, emotional intelligence and ways in which we adapt with nature and energy. That's where we get our powers from. So Dr. Emoto's work, which was basically communicating to water as water is taking in the frequencies and vibrations that it's being communicated to. Right. But that's one aspect of the of the chain of events that take place on both a spiritual, physical, emotional, mental level. We have in our world. And what I love about Dr. Emoto's work is that, you know, he's setting up the tone for humanity to pay attention to just the simplistic understanding of creating some form of test that shows people what is actually happening to rice, what's happening to water and so forth and so on. But we must go further in our understanding of our development and our understanding of, of intellect towards testing the awareness of how we're being affected. Human beings were not meant to be around technologies and things that are actually not associating them to the balance of nature. Our devices that we've created have been genius acts of, of works and marvels of some of the greatest thinkers of our time. However, we did not consider the fact that these things are actually detrimental and dangerous to our development and our species. And so if we're going to create a lot of these types of aggressive things that are around us, that are affecting us, chemicals and certain pollutants and, and certain types of uh, machinery that are giving off certain types of um, EMFs and all these different things that we have developed in our evolution, then we must also be aware of the balance of those things. And that's the one place we have not been aware of. Our body is made up of sensitive uh, frequency um, that is moving through our system, that is communicating to our cells, our organs, our vascular system, our immune system, our neurological system. Everything is representative of energy intelligence. And if energy intelligence is being directed, affected by some type of energy that is not in cohesiveness with those frequencies, which is what I talk about in my book when I talk about the codes of our body, right? When we manipulate food, we're manipulating the, the code that was meant to go with that food, that creation has already nature and creation, the great spirit or source that knows what is in its highest good for us is supposed to be divinely connected to, right? Just like our awareness of mental health, right? Here's a very good one, right? So most people on this planet think in two different ways. They think in malfunction in thinking and they think in 
functional thinking. Malfunction in thinking means that you operate as a source creator, as a destructor, a destroyer, and an unraveler. You are a person who thinks against yourself. So when someone is sick in the hospital, for instance, or someone has a flu or someone has any kind of situation, the first thing we do is we give credence to their sickness. We give credence to the flu. We actually go into fear. We create stories around it. We get emotional around it. We create more fear around it. And all of that is creating malfunction and thinking, which is spiraling human development and also spiraling us into complete, utter desecration. Human beings don't realize that if you say, I have $10 in my bank account, the story that you tell about that $10, you could be, how am I going to pay my bills? What's going to happen to me? I'm going to be thrown out in the street. I'm not going to have food. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have that. You're telling a story around that, oh, that one thing, that $10. And therefore, you are creating malfunction in thinking. So now, because your mind is the masculine aspect of your body, we call it the keeper of the fire. It burns your emotion, which is the feminine, which is the water. So it burns out the water in your body. Okay. So what does it do? It affects, it literally is a bully, attacks, beats up, criticizes, confuses, causes pain, suffering. And you know so much more that it, it can do because based on all the things we see in, in people's lives of what it does to the feminine energy inside. So the feminine energy, which is the emotions, then starts getting upset. And instead of the mind taking responsibility and saying, I'm sorry for giving you incorrect information that has caused inflammation, pain, suffering in the body because you have been in suffering, I can't believe you're getting emotional right now. I, where is this emotion coming? I'm so annoyed by this emotion. So what does the mind do? It works harder. It tries to abandon the emotions. It, it, it creates more things to stuff the emotions such as alcohol, drugs, Anything outside that creates a form of codependency, the mind then starts doing everything it can. So what happens? The emotions gets even more upset. Then the mind gets more angry that the emotions are getting upset. Now it's and now what happens is you have what is called a downward spiral because the mind and the emotions cannot operate. So the masculine and feminine in your body cannot operate together. So you lose all ability to feel self-motivated. You start thinking you're not good enough. You start thinking worst case scenario. You start going back to every time you felt your emotions um, in, in some kind of situation, which means you'll go back to past thoughts, which means now your mind, now the mind is being so affected and overwhelmed by all the past thoughts that now it's so intense, but it doesn't realize that by everything your emotions feels, it creates. So once that happens, now your physical self, which is the which is connected to the emotions, is now experiencing the very things that are happening to your emotions. Now your mind is really freaked out and your mind then begins to unravel because the inflammation goes into your cranium. It goes into your neurological system. Your synapses start firing off wrong um, codes and frequencies. The synapses lines that are building all of those bridges of intelligence start deteriorating. And now you have Alzheimer's. Now you have um, dementia. Now you have mental decline, mental health disorders, bipolar, ADHD, all of these different things all governed by emotions. And a lot of it can be epigenetically brought on. A lot of it can be also things that happen within the womb. So in shamanism, when we look at situations, we don't look at it from the way that human beings look at it. We look at it based upon energy, frequency, and intelligence, and emotional intelligence, and adaptation. 
And if we see human beings not able to adapt and evolve, we know right away all the cause, core, effect, record, memory, discordant vibrations that are causing those things to happen. And then we get, begin the process of sharing it or giving people steps in order to be able to dismantle it. Yeah. So do you believe that all diseases, chronic disease or all ailments really start on that vibrational, energetic, spiritual level? Absolutely. I believe that all disease and all discontent of the body is a stimulation of the emotional discontent, which has come from the irresponsibility of the mind, which has come from the irresponsibility of the mind, not connecting to the conscious understanding of the of the spirit, which has limited quantum information available for the mind. If the mind was willing to get off its high pedal pedestal of, I know what's best. And then that leads me to ask, is that the reason conventional medicine is doing such a poor job with disease? Because we're only treating it on a biochemical level and really trying to subdue symptoms. That's it. Not at all, even acknowledging energy, spiritual side frequencies or anything. Most of medicine is like that. Now there is a new age medicine that is starting to incorporate that. We love to talk about energy here and look at frequencies, vibrations, understanding that's a starting point. But do you think that's the downfall of conventional medicine right now? I think the downfall of conventional medicine is not just the fact that they're doing it from that perspective. It's just that it's based on the structure of how it's set up. Conventional medicine is governed by a system that doesn't want people to get better. So they're not giving them the tools or the ability or the knowledge to be able to use the full functioning understanding of what it means to bring someone back into what we call sustainable health. The understanding of conventional medicine is built upon an old sorcery system, which is basically the symbol of the Candice, which comes from ancient shamanism. It's the two snakes and the angel wings. It is the understanding that you are to find the the occurrences that come from the root all the way up until there is, you know, uh, what we call um, resurrection of the self, which basically means it's the wings, which represents removing oneself from one's condition or ailment, which means returning back into what we call homeostasis, back into optimized health. Our system isn't built on that. Our system is built in using that symbolism, but it's not built in the understanding that the system needs there to be codependency. The system needs there to be some form of continuous progression of decline of health And how do you create continuous um, decline? You have to leave out a huge portion of what the medical world is looking at. So again, when you think of functional medicine, there's a certain amount of of what they call um, synthesis that they pay attention to in the human body that they can see is out of alignment. And therefore they go to those causes first before they decide to cut something or drug it or give it something. They have to look at what caused these situations. What were the markers? Well, see, in conventional medicine, they only look at a small amount of markers. So they only look at the small amount of markers and they base their ideas on what we call uh, uh, repetition through uh, doing analysts on, okay, well, we gave this medicine to this many people with this many aliments. And so therefore, those ailments that they had, 
these were the results of it scientifically and through the things that they did. So we're going to put this this medicine on the on the availability for doctors, but we're going to tell doctors they can only give it to this people and they have to give it this much. So it's become a business. So once business gets involved in the medical world, then it's not about bringing people to health. It's about making money, making profit and and capitalizing on the downcline of people's immune system or health or you know vibrancy or whatever it may be. And in shamanism, there's an old saying that says that the moment business or any form of energy gets involved in health, the people who are involved change the system to make it so that people are more available to be ill and be sick than it is for them to get better. Because the idea of getting someone better has to be a selfless act of service, providing them with the ability to bring back themselves back to homeostasis because we need them that way because the tribe needs them. So that's old tribal culture, tribal culture. So when gets sick, the whole tribe jumps in to help that person realize the potential of healing and getting better so that they can really be a part of the tribe because the tribe can only survive with each individual person being at their most optimized level. But now you're dealing with the world of people all over and people are, uh, you know, some people, the way the system looks at it is like, can be expended. They're like, well, you know, who cares if they stay alive? It's not like we need them. There's this person who can do their job. So they're not looking at it from a tribal level anymore. They're looking at it as a, a deficit of money. Is it high? Is it low? What it, where we are? So that's a problem right there. Because that means that you're not going to use all available resources for healing. You're only going to use the ones that are enough to fix the person for a time being, get them back out there for a little bit, but know they'll return oh, maybe a year, maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years. Maybe they want it return. Maybe that'll be it for them. But the point is you keep them in a system that keeps that, that number going higher and higher and higher. And when you see it dip, then what do you do? You create something to make sure they get sick, hence the coronavirus. And so again, shamans know that this virus didn't come just out of nature and disappear. That's just, we don't need to go into conspiracy theories. We can see by the conjunction and understanding of human development throughout the ages of how we went through anthropology, we know very well and clear that there is no virus that is going to affect the whole entire planet if it wasn't manipulated in some way or agitated to do so. So we understand that. So we know that that is something that is being used as a way in which to keep that 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 level, the, the profits going higher and higher and also make people more afraid to look outside of anything that is not conventional and look outside of the conventional aspect, but not to look outside of it through fear, because that way they can insulate them. So they can insulate them into their way of thinking again and therefore make the doctors on our planets, the gods and make us constantly in a place of unawareing, un having uh, not having awareness, not unaware, but not having awareness of, of our own responsibility for educating ourselves on all of the possibilities that are available on this planet. You know, like one of my goals in this life is to demonstrate for the world, but also to show the world that we need to use all available resources in order to um, truly create sustainable health.
And there's so much information that is not being given because we don't have a platform that's created where all information is being shared, where doctors, shamans and all healers and all types of people are coming together, people in um, neuropathy and people who are doing natural medicines and people who are who are, you know, Chinese doctors and all these different people coming together to share their knowledge and then find the, 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 the places inside that knowledge where they can combine or conjoin that information to create a different healthcare model. This is the biggest problem we have on our planet is that our planet is being run by a bunch of greedy people who operate outside of human consciousness for the sake of having more comfort. So they seek comfort and power through money. So they have more comfort. It's a, it's a different in form of enslavery. How do you enslave a, a species that was used to get whipped and have their food taken away and live in worse living conditions um, or be murdered for the fact that they don't agree to your belief system? You can't enslave them because people will now rise up. So what do you do? You create hierarchy by dividing people in classes giving them colors and races that don't have anything to do with their heritage, minimizing their ability for health and wellness based on money and power, giving others certain luxuries of positions in life and others not by creating a deficit between um, those who are rich and those who are poor and creating a system um, of religion of a God so that they can be afraid of their own creator by thinking that creator could be jealous with low human emotions, angry with low human emotions and, um, and vengeful with low human emotions. Again, nothing to look forward to if that's what God is. And therefore put that God as a precipice for human development. So human beings will constantly live with the idea that their, that their whole existence of their life or afterlife is threatened by the things that they do and the way they interact. So what do they do? They take righteous order over others, take indignation over other people, create power structures that support only their ideas of opinions and, and their ideas of fear, but not supporting the consciousness of understanding, relating and understanding culture, heritage, respecting um, people for their individuality, honoring them and creating uh, uh, an awareness of communication that supports our well-being, supports our mental health, supports our development, supports even this like a perfect thing I want to share with you is how children are developed. Children are not developed in what we call dual polarity, which is what we do in tribal culture. Children are developed in singularity polarity. What does that mean? That means that you're the parent. You say what goes. Children cannot answer you, speak back or, or question you. They can't question your evolution. They can't question if you're doing things to love yourself more, to make your make the home a better place. They have to go along with whatever their environment is and whatever the situation is. This is the first down, down client of health. You're subjected into a slave mentality, domestication, the same way you would treat an animal or a dog or a cat. The food I put on the table, eat it, go sit down, go over there, do this. If you do, you get love. If you don't, you get you get you don't get love. This type of behavior creates what we call an agitated generation, which means that human beings don't make decisions that are best for them. They make decisions that they think are good for them based on being liked being loved, being seen, and being valued. That right there is the destruction of humankind because in a dual adaptation, you're allowed to tell your parents, um, I feel like you carry a lot of anger, dad, 
And it would be really good if you actually maybe looked at it because it's affecting me. So that way you're not a, you're, it's not just them talking to you. It's a tribal way of looking at things. It's an understanding that if the parents are not developing and growing and looking at their stuff, how can the kids develop properly and grow? So everyone has to be willing to call each other into a space of love and help each other grow by bringing a witness to the places where there's imbalance. We don't do that. We don't do that. And we suffer because of it. So many people do jobs they don't like. They are in relationships they don't like. They're in friendships they don't like. They're doing things against themselves. It's called the biggest self-betrayal. And that betrayal is the number one decline in health and wellness on our planet. Yeah. And I I feel like that betrayal also is the resources we're not using that we've been given. And one of those big ones that I'd love to talk to you about is intuition, because I feel, and I get this a lot. I have people reach out to me. I work in medicine. I'm not a doctor, but I work around doctors a lot. And they ask me questions. If I use this product, would I get better for my ailment here? You know, they're seeking answers outside. And I will say, I have no clue. I don't know you. I don't know your, you know, I can't answer that for you, but you can. You need to dig inside. You need to go inside to answer that. But so many people have lost that connection with their intuition. What are some of the ways you feel that we can regain that connection to that inner voice that tells us whether something is good or bad? So first of all, the understanding of good and bad is subjective to each person in their upbringing, their cultural understanding, and what been told by their tribe, which means your family, your parents, your guardians, or whoever raised you, um, your community that you were brought up in. So first, we have to remove the idea of good and bad as, as a precursor of truth and making decisions, because wisdom does not sit in the realm of good and bad. Wisdom sits in what is in harmony for you which may not be in harmony for another person, right? Good and bad is a subjective understanding that we've created, right? Most of the evil we see on our planet is because we created duality out of the separation of our own selves. So when we see things like, you know, as like I say, when we talk about what you just asked, right? With the building the intuition, the first human uh, discord that has taken place within humanity has been judgment. Or should we say analyzing, right? So like if I say to you, put your hand out for a second. So go ahead, put your hand out. Now say you are generating powerful source of energy in your hand. Go ahead, say that. You are generating powerful source of energy in my hand. No, in your hand. In your hand. Right, because you're talking directly to your intelligence. Okay, Okay. now. This is what most human beings would do after they do that. They'll start analyzing. Okay. Now, what I want you to do is I don't want you to analyze. I just want you to tell me what you start to feel in your hand. Any sensation that pops up. A tingling in the thumb kind of area. Uh So you say, I feel a tingling in my thumb, in my thumb. Say that. I feel a tingling in my thumb. Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit of a stiffness in my pinky. Mm-hmm. I feel looseness in the middle of my palm. Great. Now you see that's observation. Once you observe, you go back to creation. So then you say, increase the power in your hand. Increase the power in my hand. Not in my hand, in, in your hand, because you're speaking in to your, your intelligence. Hands. Increase the power in your hand. 
Then you go over to observation and say what you feel. I feel a warmth in my hand, in your hand, right? That's I feel warmth in my hand. That's okay. I feel a looseness in my hand now. Mm-hmm. I feel there is energy in my hand. Now go back to creation. Say, expand it and make it stronger. Expand it and make it stronger. Go back to observation. My hand feels like it's expanding right now. Right. Now, this is an exercise. Okay. You can put your hand down. You did great. Okay. (laughs) Now, what you just did is you did exactly what creation wants you to do. It wants you to create and observe what you created. Go back to creation if you want to change it. And then go back to observation to see what you've created. Go back to creation to create it. Go back to observation to see what you've created. That's all it wants you to do. That's all it wants you to do your whole entire life. That's it. Here's what we do. We create, we analyze. We start thinking of, we start creating things off of our analyzation that are not held in the field of support, love and nurturing, kindness, generosity, compassion, understanding, expansion for ourselves and for all of humanity. We keep looking for something to go wrong. That's also part of creation. That's also part of analyzing the incorrect information. So therefore, how are we going to feel our intuition if we're not willing to observe? Because our intuition does not come from force. It doesn't come from agenda. It doesn't come from some outside energy doing something to you to get it to activate. Your intuition is always there waiting for you to stop with your thinking and just observe. The more we as a species begins to observe, the more we can correct imbalance. We can't correct imbalance if we're not aware of the imbalance. And we can't correct imbalance if we're constantly being constantly analyzing everything around us because we're in constant fear. Because fear, what fear does is fear takes away your ability to use your powers. So watch, I could use my powers right now. I'll show you. You are generating a high source of power that is filled with unconditional love and vibrational frequencies. And you are now directing that into the beautiful man that is looking at me on this screen. You are accelerating that energy in and around his body. You are increasing it and moving it through his entire system. You are opening the energies around his body and clearing out the energy space around him. You are generating the energy into the center of his chest and you are opening it up and increasing the oxygen in his body. Now, in observation, tell me what you start to feel. I start to feel a little bit energized. Mm Mm-hmm. I start to feel probably less, I would say, um, uh, tension Mm -hmm. in my body, more at ease. Mm -hmm. I think there's a a gaining of of maybe even clarity, you could say. Oh, you want to say maybe you would choose. Is there clarity? There is clarity. I think that's what I'm feeling, or I know that's what I'm feeling right now. Right. Now watch. You are accelerating the energy even stronger in his system. You're increasing it so much that anything that's around him is now being released. You are increasing more oxygen and having his body take more deep breaths and you're increasing the intelligence around his system. Now, tell me when you feel the energy. I feel the energy. Mm -hmm. And then tell me when you feel it getting stronger. It's stronger. 
Tell me when you feel your breath starting to increase and your energy getting even more expanded. It's there. Right. And notice what you're feeling. No, it feels good. It feels, and that's the thing, right? Because you're talking to yourself or through you, you're talking. And that's a big part of healing, isn't it? The self-talk and having. You think it's self-talk. What you're actually doing is communicating to the creator inside of you. You, in shamanism, we say, what you say in words, you say to creation. We, we don't believe that creation is what religion says creation is, because we know that it's a system built from a system that has enslaved people since God knows when. We know that creation is built by what you say creation is. So the way we always say it in shamanism is God says, who do you say I am? And whatever you say God is, God becomes for you. As for the next person, as for the next person, as for the next person. So when I say you are generating energy, I'm communicating to that part of my awareness that has the ability to generate energy. And I am telling it a command and it does it for me because of free love and free will. And so therefore, when I say you are generating an energy and like I can walk into a room that's very negative and I can change the whole energy of the room. Why? Because of the fact that I'm aware of how energy operates, where most people are not aware of how energy operates. They just let it happen to them. They don't realize that they have a choice to decide what types of energies they expose themselves to and which ones they can change and alchemize. So when I, when you're communicating to your hand, you're speaking directly to the intelligence of your being that can do anything, but it can only do what you say it can do. If you don't believe that it can do it, it can't do it. If you are, if I'm communicating to you, you will only take in and allow yourself to feel what you're comfortable in feeling. So what I can do is shift the energy and ask you like, watch, Put your hands like this in front of you or far away from each other. Okay. I'm going to send a frequency to pull your hands. Tell me when you feel your hands pulling closer together. They're feeling that. Now watch. They're coming together, huh? Right. And you know how I'm doing it? I'm sending a one frequency to you. That's it. It's a solid mental frequency that is, has my emotions in it. And that's what magic is. When people talk about magic or sorcery or all those ancient things that people talk about, your body is a living consciousness made up of energy. It wants to be able to move energy and affect energy. That's why you exist or you wouldn't choose to exist. So when I, when I had you put your hands up, all I had to do was focus a frequency strong enough over, the, over your belief system or your idea of what you believe is possible and use it as a, an as an energy engine to be able to bring your hands together so it's called it's called willpower okay now the difference is most people use their will against themselves and against other people they think they gossip they talk they look at things they see things they they judge people all of that is energy and all of that is affecting life and that's why we have people like putin and all these things you see happening in the world because they're showing us how we've been acting internally and it's playing out on the grand stage of life well the same is with health health and, and how we develop in the future, if we decide to create a model for health that allows us to be able to regenerate the body and do all of these different things, we're going to have to understand frequency. We're going to have to understand sound, frequency, energy, and how it connects to the living organism of the elemental spirit that has made up our body that comes from nature.
So again, what, when we talk about Dr. Emoto, we go back to if I took, let's say, a flower and played frequency at the flower that is a vibrational tone that is destructive, that flower will, will die. That is showing me that if that is what happens to the flower, then that's what's happening to me. And if we can begin to understand that very strong understanding of what that means, then we will change the way in which we communicate to ourselves, communicate to each other, think about things and send frequencies through our feelings to each other and to ourselves. We will become more in, the, in tune to develop a new way of communicating and a new way of integrating communication into life with others, ourselves and nature and so forth, so that we are not destroying the cell. The nucleus of the cell is affected by vibrational frequencies that can implode the center of the cell and cause deterioration. That is a lot of information, but not so difficult for us to shift in a short amount of time if we choose to. There's that choice, of course, that comes with the awareness. Once you become aware of something, you choose to whether you embrace it or not. How would you then, though, work on the belief system? Because that's where I see a lot of people find problems because they're saying something, but deep down they may have a even subconscious or unconscious belief system running that negates that. You know, so, so many people believe in, you know, the law of attraction and want to attract something, but can't. And they keep saying, I'm, you know, focused on it, but underlying there may be something even from childhood or anything like that. There's a belief system that's in there that's stopping them. How would you go about, what would you say to someone like that, even on, on trying to change the energies there or, you know, what, what a lot of people say, Ho'oponopono or something, you know, different practices, try and get you back to zero, get rid of those corrupt belief systems in your brain. Okay. So first of all, your brain is a conductor. So your brain is not sitting in your brain. It's sitting outside of your brain and affecting the way that your brain is conducting it through your system. So your brain in itself is basically generating those frequencies that it's comfortable with, that you have become comfortable with, and that you continue to ask it to generate. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, for instance, a person has been hurt in a relationship in the past and they want to create a different type of relationship, but they say, oh, I have belief systems of the past that hurt me. Mm, not necessarily. That is what the world has told you with its understanding of psychology and so forth, because psychology is also an outdated practice. The understanding in shamanism is that you keep going back to that frequency and that means you have unfinished business with that frequency. You have not cleared or alchemized that frequency into something different. That means you keep going back to that frequency. So your brain being, being that it's a conductor has only one purpose, which is to protect you and also to support you in whatever it is that you're doing. So wherever we say in shamanism, wherever your mind sits is where your spirit creates from. So if you are sitting in the past, focusing on that, then you'll keep creating it in your future and your next future and your next future, because everything you see it, that's happening right now has come from your past uh, systems of what you chose to put your energy to. So what happens tomorrow is what you're doing right now. And so whatever you focus on right now will create your tomorrow and your next month. So that being said, belief systems 
are not, uh, how do we say, sketched into your being like a lot of people like to believe the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind is holding on to beliefs. No, your subconscious mind and unconscious mind is only holding on to that which you keep giving power to. So if you are constantly every morning got up and start seeing a red car and then you keep looking for another red car and then you look for another red car and you do that for maybe a day and a half or two days for the rest of the week, you're going to see red cars because your subconscious mind and your unconscious mind realizes that that is what you want more of because that's what you keep focusing on. So we're going to give you more of it because that's what our job is. So then all of a sudden you keep seeing red cars all the time. And the thing is, the moment you decide, I'm not going to look at red cars anymore, I'm going to focus on this, your subconscious mind and your unconscious mind will send you a one more test to see if that is the very thing that you choose to sit in. And when you deny it, and that's not what you want, then it stops creating it for you. Human beings only recreate that which they call a belief system. Anything that is a belief is a frequency. It's not a word. Words have frequency. Sound has frequency. Color has frequency. Thoughts and emotions have frequency. It's just a frequency. The longer you stay in it, the more it tells your brain, your conductor, to conduct more of it. The longer you stay in it, it tells your emotions because your conductor has told your emotions that you want more of it. Right. So like, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a quick example. I want you to say mind mind. I want you to conduct the frequency of unconditional love. I want you to conduct the frequency of unconditional love. And I want you to share it with the emotions. And I want you to share it with the emotions right now, right now. And you start to what just happened. You start to, you know, influence, I feel like, and, and start to feel that you are self-love, that you are, you know, abundant. That's only because you've asked the mind to conduct it. So, so much of this relies on what you talk to yourself with, right? Your, your self-love and your words. Talking is one way. You can talk if you choose inwardly or outwardly. Because that's a vibration, right? Frequency is frequency. You generate it all the time. You're a creator. So watch, think of a negative thought. Okay. Okay. Get it in your head. All right. And I'm going to send, I'm going to send a frequency to you to get rid of it. Okay. And what happened? It went from the negative thought to I am love. Exactly. Cause that's exactly what I said in my head and I projected it towards you, but human beings have forgotten how to dismantle these things because they become so reactive to life that they choose to react to your negativity to make me negative. That doesn't serve anyone. And in fact, if you have a belief and you're telling me on a dinner table about your, your belief that money's not gonna come into your life and all that kind of stuff, do you think I'm going to sit there and use my creative powers as a, as a creator who's also on this planet sharing space with you and continue for you to pollute the planet with your negative thinking? Absolutely not. I'm going to sit there and project everything in opposition to you until your brain feels that frequency stronger than your own frequency and you change just by being in my presence. Or I can simply use my voice and say, you know, it's fascinating that you speak in this way, but you know, that's not the truth. You are a powerful and prosperous person. Money comes to you very easily. And in fact, I see a lot of things changing in your life right now. I see money coming to you right now. And I see all of these things that you're talking about going away. 
and I'm excited about it. All of a sudden, my friends are like, oh my God, money just came into my life this week. Like this thing that I didn't even know this person owed me money. And all of a sudden, it just came to me after I had lunch with you, Shaman Dirk. How's that possible? I said, because I'm not going to sit here on this planet and listen to your nonsense. I'm not going to sit here and have you as a creator who is my brother or my sister use your power in a dysfunctional way and sit by eating my arugula salad and allow you to get away with it. This is what holding someone accountable means. It means holding them to the highest grace of their light. I'm not going to sit here and go in a hospital when someone's sick and watch everyone going, oh my God, I can't believe they're so sick. I'm like, the old way in shamanism and tribal culture would be to kick you out of the room. Because the fact that you're going into that room with that behavior, you're making the person sicker. You're giving them credence to their sickness. You're validating it, acknowledging it, and, and putting your stamp of approval on it. I'm going to go in the room and go, I see your body healing. I see powerful, your cells are regenerating. I see you're, you're getting stronger. Your mind is getting stronger. Your spirit is getting stronger. Oh God, I love how strong you're getting. You know how many times I've done that from friends of mine who've been in very difficult situations in health and I walked into their room and all I did every day while I was in there is tell them how healthy they're getting, how strong they're getting. And they'd be out of their situation in no time flat. And they would go, my God, I can't believe it. Every time you came over, I felt like I can't, I don't want to, I'm not going to be in this room anymore. And then I got better. The doctor kept coming in with better and better results. I'm like, yes, because I'm not buying into, I'm not going to put a stamp of approval on your choice to see um, lack and limitation or our scarcity or fear or our believing in the, this reality that you created for yourself by your past thoughts. I will not. I will not at all because my love for you is to stand by your side and justify the truth, not the lie. So just like the other day, one of my uh, friends made a comment saying to me and my girlfriend, oh, you, because we were getting ready to go to lunch. You guys are so beautiful. Every time you put clothes on, you, it's so easy for you. You look amazing. But I don't feel that I don't look like that when I do. And I'm like, excuse me, uh, you are beautiful and you need to change that right now. So tell me something different about how amazing you are. And when you put on clothes, you look amazing. And then they did it. And he's like, oh, my God, thank you, Dr. Shaman Dirk. I forgot you don't let me get away with those things. No. No, because you're not getting away with it just with you. You're also affecting the whole entire planet. You're a walking pollution tank of polluting our earth with your nonsense. And I'm not going to stand for it. So therefore, I have to be there to love our planet, love the people on this planet, love the animals and nature on this planet by making sure I hold you accountable to be in your power, to speak your speak truth over yourself, not to, to, to convince yourself that the, what the matrix wants you to convince yourself of, which is to keep you in codependency, lack, limitation, scarcity and fear. No, thank you. It's not going to support our health. It's not going to support our, our understanding of evolution. It's not going to support any of it. So that is the key to removing belief systems is to be able to understand that your belief system is only there because you're putting, you're creating malfunction in thinking around it. You're creating a story around the belief. Let me tell you first off and foremost, one of the biggest lessons I learned growing up I came out of a very abusive home and for my life, all my teenage life and my early adult life, I used to sit and think, why did they do this to me? How could they have done this to me? I'm such a good person. And I took it on all their abuse and all the things, the horrible things they said to me as, you know, the reasons why I, my life is the way it is. Okay. 
And so one day I asked spirit, I said, spirit, why do I have to suffer? They said, because you like suffering. I said, excuse me. They said, you like suffering. You think it's your responsibility to answer the question mark of your parents' disbehavior and their abuse and their behavior. That's not the question mark you're here to answer. You're not here to solve their riddle. That's for them to do. You're here to decide what you want your life to be. And when I saw that, the spark of light came and I was like, I don't have to figure out why my dad was that way. I don't have to figure out why my stepmom was that way. I don't have to figure out why they chose to say those horrible things to me. I don't have to figure out why they chose to act that way. In fact, I'm free from recreating their life in my life so that I don't have to answer those questions by call, calling in the characters, the people, the events and the situations and the health decline and all these different things to, so I can understand why I had to go through that. I don't need to do that. And the moment I did, my whole life changed. The moment I let go of trying to solve the riddle for human suffering, solve the riddle for why people do what they do, solve the riddle of why my parents did what they did, I was free to roam. I was, it was like that commercial and you're free to roam around now. It was like this feeling of liberation. Now I get to decide what my life is going to be. And the moment I did that, I'm done looking backwards. And the moment I did that, new people came in my life. New relationships came in my life. Money came in my life. All these opportunities came into my life. And I was able to be the shaman Dirk that I always saw myself to be, to bring the message forward into the mainstream society, being on TV shows like The Doctors, Good Morning America, being the first person to write a book in, and deal with like world uh, countries where that were in war and conflict and be a shaman that can speak up and talk to the leaders, presidents and House of Parliament and do all these things and be invited into these conversations because I see I not holding on to my mom telling me, my stepmom telling me you're a failure, you're a loser, you're this, you're that. But by me telling myself what I am, me, not I am great, but you are great. I would tell, I don't have to look in the mirror. I just simply say, you are amazing. Every time you walk in the room, people love your energy. When you're around people, you bring great healing to them. I get to decide what things myself can do by telling myself those things. And then those things don't affect you anymore. It's so important that we tell ourselves the right stories, the right things, and, and we view ourselves with love, right? And that so many people don't. And I, I think, would you agree that most humans overcomplicate it? Because what you're saying is pretty simple. It's, it's, you know, you talk, you manifest, you, you put your thought there and it happens. But then doubt creeps in and then fear and then something else. And, you know, we, we like to complicate things, I think. And then we have complicated lives. We are very dramatic species. We're a very dramatic species. And look, watch, pull up doubt in your emotions. Mm -hmm. Got it? Now say, now be your mind. Say emotions. Emotions. Or you don't even have to say emotions. You can just say, I see that you have insecurity. I see that you have insecurity. And I see that you're afraid. And I see that you're afraid. And I'm here with you. And I'm here with you. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I love you. I love you. Now what happened? That doubt is gone. Exactly. Because it's called self-nurturing, which is something we've lost in society. 
Self-nurturing means the ability to confront darkness with love. It's the ability to confront these things with love. When your emotions feel something, it's because something is coming in and it needs your mental self to support it. The biggest problem is that the masculine does not support the feminine so that the feminine can be create life. So the masculine has to get off its high horse, come down and say, I see your insecurity. I see your fear. I'm here with you and I love you. Then the emotional self, which is the feminine part of your being goes, yeah, I needed that. I needed your support. We call it in shamanism, the four pillars. The first pillar is the physical, uh, the body, which is the, which is earth. The second pillar is the feminine, which is the emotions, which is water. The third pillar is the mind, which is the masculine, which is the fire. The fourth pillar is the spirit, which is air, which is uh, which is manifestation. So when we understand that the four pillars creates the awareness of human beings to stay sustainable, we have to learn to understand how these four pillars operate. And most people don't pay attention to the pillar of the physical. Watch, say body. Body. Generate how you would feel if I was to acknowledge you more. Generate how you'd feel if I were to acknowledge you more. Happy. Right. See, the body's communicating back to you. <laughs> yeah. Watch. Say body. Body. Make yourself lighter. Make yourself lighter. Feeling lighter. Body. Body. Uh, ground yourself to the earth. Ground yourself to the earth. Balance your equilibrium. Balance your equilibrium. And focus your mind. And focus your mind. They are happening. You know why? Because you're integrate. You're talking to the first pillar. Most people don't realize they can talk to the pillar. The first pillar is the physical. It's a spirit that's waiting for you to commune with it. Now watch. Say emotional pillar. Emotional pillar. Or you could just say emotions. Emotions. Generate happiness. Generate happiness. I got that song Happy with Pharrell playing in my head now. <laughs> Watch this. Say emotions. Emotions. Wake up the giggle bug. Wake up the giggle bug. I think just saying the word giggle bug gives me the giggle. So <laughs> that's what you think, because that's your mind trying to analyze how is it possible that all of a sudden I started giggling. So you associate it with the giggle bug. That's called analyzation. You can just simply say, I'm giggling. I'm giggling. You see how your mind wants to analyze what's happening? It can't. You cannot analyze something with information that comes from the past. It's not possible. This is what keeps people stuck in, in, in what we call um, limbo states where nothing happens for them or they get stuck in depression or they get stuck in these things because they're trying to analyze information that comes from the unknown that can never be analyzed. You're only putting yourself in your own box when you do that. Because if I say spirit, generate energy in my body, if I start analyzing it, I'm limiting spirit from showing me what's possible. By me just being aware of it, I go, I feel chills in my back right now. I just heard my right ear um, open up. So I'm just observing it. So therefore, my observation allows me to decide how I want to create and what is being created and if there's imbalance and therefore I can change that imbalance. But if you're constantly analyzing, your only analyzation means that you have a certain amount of information available to you 
and you're using that information to discover new information. That's not possible. It's not even mathematically possible. It's not even psychologically possible. That's like me going into a new experience and trying to analyze that experience with other experiences that I've had. That's not possible. You can't. And that's the biggest reason why people can't develop in their spiritual nature is because they think that they can, they know better than God. They think they know better than spirit. They think they know better than their body. They, that you're not meant to tell you're, you're not meant you're supposed to be in cooperation with your body cooperation with your mind cooperation with spirit cooperation with nature that means relationship this is why this is the biggest fundamental principle that we shamans worldwide hold for humanity is to be in relationship with yourself so when you say and watch go like this say emotions emotions is that true is that true is a no. Say, is that from you, mind? Is that from you, mind? That was a yes. Yeah. See, that's your mind. Your mind's like, mm -mm. nope, 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 nope. I'm not going into the unknown. I'm in control. <laughs> I'm in control. Right. But now you take it one step further. Say, the spirit that said no. The spirit that said no. It's time for you to go home. It's time for you to go home. I'm taking you into the light. I'm taking you into the light. To a place of unconditional love. To a place of unconditional love. How do you feel now, spirit, that you're in the light? How do you feel now, spirit, that you're in the light? Spirit feels better. Say, do you see, um, do you see why you said no? Do you see why you said no? I do. And why is that spirit? And why is that spirit? Because I wasn't in the light. That's right. Because you are utilizing analyzation from a place of negativity, which means you are using it from a place of lack and limitation. It can't be that easy. It can't be just like that. I call the giggle bug and I start laughing. How is that even possible? What's the background knowledge on that? How does that even work? Why, why do we want all that information? Because we're afraid of the unknown. Mm. Human beings analyze because they're afraid. So it's fear. And it's also that over analytic nature of humans. Do you feel then that teaching shamanism, this connection to spirituality, these conversations with ourselves with love at a young age would be incredibly beneficial? Because most of what we're taught is to analyze things. You know, kids are yes, taught to be analytical. The system set it up that way. Mm. So that way you'll never be able to see the imbalance. You'll just, you'll just constantly be affected by it. You know, it's very simple to program a, a society of people to never see what you're actually doing. If you, if they, if you get them to analyze and keep their minds busy, analyzation in, and, and is a needs to have a platform of knowledge. So you can only analyze with what knowledge you have available. And what if I feed you all the knowledge that only supports my system? So if I simply say, I built a system, I'm going to teach you how to analyze, but the analyzation that you have, the knowledge that makes it so that you can analyze comes from my system. So therefore, you'll never find any other system that ever exists. And you'll always fit right in the bubble that we want you to fit in. And whenever we want to upset you, agitate you or irritate you, all we have to do is create something that makes you react, 
or get triggered. And therefore, we'll have you all spinning around, sharing all of your false information with each other. And we can continue doing what we want to do, which keeping a hierarchy and having our power and sitting back and having our luxuries. Slaves are easily born not out of whipping and taking their food away anymore. They figured out a new way of slavery. You want the new way of slavery? You enslave yourself. We just watch you do it and we'll give you the tools to keep doing it. So you'll become your own warden of your own prison and you will become your own judger and you'll become your own persecutor and you'll also persecute others and they'll persecute you and we can just sit back and watch the show and keep making more money off of all of your calamity and chaos and we can sit back and fly our jets and do our things and sit back and have a big old showdown while we watch all of you continue to serve us for our needs, because all we have to do is just put little things in there to get you to, to react to them. Because you don't observe anymore. You react and analyze. And that's what human beings have become, reactive analyzers. Everyone's got an opinion, but does the opinion serve the greater whole of humanity? No, it serves their own personal needs. And that's what we want. And what you're mentioning now in the matrix and the darkness is in the book, of course. Do you think there will be a spiritual awakening? Is that coming? Oh, yes. Because see, what happens is people like me and other people who realize what's really going on will start educating through show of example of the correct way in which to think and talk and speak and share and communicate. And therefore, others will then begin to go, wow. Like, I want that life. I want to feel that way. I want to experience that. So how are you doing that? And then they'll start to, to share it. And then that will share. And people will start becoming more functional, less than malfunctional. When I died, which I talk about in the book, one of the things they told me on the other side was I asked them, why do we suffer? And they gave me one word, malfunction in thinking. All suffering comes from malfunction in thinking. Humans malfunction against themselves and each other. That's why I said, if we build an AI, it's going to be a big mistake um, if we do not understand that the AI will find our malfunction because it's not going to analyze. It's going to go through files in an observating way. And once it finds that malfunction and realizes that we are a species that uses our power against each other, it is going to find that when you see movies like Terminator and all these different things where you like Battlestar Galactica, where, where, where the AIs are turning against the humanity because they think humanity is a, is a lower form of a species. That's where that stuff comes from. Because any being who sees how we operate will go, wait, so you mean to tell me you have the ability to not analyze and you have the ability to observe and create and you choose to analyze with information that was given to you by a system that enslaves you, and you don't know the difference, that you actually believe that God would punish you or hurt you or send you to hell as if you have some kind of warden over your afterlife, and you actually believe these things without question, that you actually believe that you're stupid or dumb or this or that or the other and without questioning the very thing that's actually being said in your thoughts and you think whatever you hear in your head belongs to you, but, you, but all the other great ideas that happen in the world, um, and then all of a sudden you see this, this invention and you go, oh, I remember thinking of that. I should have jumped on that. You think that that didn't get shared with someone else? So you think your brain is only your brain and only your thoughts can be heard by you? I mean, it's just common sense to know that that's not true. But human beings don't operate in common sense. No, we do not. It's unfortunate. We have the capability too. 
that's the thing. We have the ability. And I think with the work you're doing and so many others are doing, hopefully we can come to the light and see that and recognize our power. Yeah, and let's get rid of the word, hopefully. Let's make a, a choice to go directly to where we want to go and remove the cross, the two crossroads of hopefully it could or it couldn't. Let's just say, and we will succeed in being able to raise our ability to raise our consciousness to an intellectual level of resource versus destruction. We will and must. And that's that's the big part there for our own good. Now, Sham Durek, what do you have now planned? What projects are in the pipeline to, to help us see this through? Well, one of the things that I've been doing is putting a lot of my attention. I've been writing scripts for Hollywood. So I'm making I'm doing I'm getting into TV, uh, writing TV shows and producing and doing things like that to use the shamanic knowledge and, and, and intelligent um, aspects of it into the television so that it can start I realized that TV and movies and media is a thing that actually people pay attention to. They do. So I might as well, I'm, I'm sharing with shamans that that's where we need to be. And we need to start bringing that intelligence into that dimension. Um, the other thing I did is I created uh, this beautiful uh, technology. It took two years to develop. It's called the Spirit Optimizer. And it's a technology built from nature and elements that was given to me by the spirit world and how to develop people's powers so that they're able to access these higher dimensional frequencies to be able to make changes in their life. So this beautiful um, device that is made of nature, literally when you say increase my energy, it will assist you in increasing your energy so you can feel it and respond to it. And so people are using it, children are using it to get better grades. They're using it all over the world. So that's one of my projects that I came out with and it's blowing up globally. And then I created also a, a beautiful alchemy elemental um, deck that is um, a beautiful deck of cards that basically is none like it's never been created before. And it it's cards that basically when you look at them, you download them into your system and it corrects the imbalance energetically in your system. So instead of just doing a tarot card or an oracle card reading, you're actually downloading the reading into your body and your body then creates a synthesis to follow the codes that be able to make those changes in your life. And I just, it's the first ever created. I demonstrated it to the boardroom of my publishers because at first they're like, what? And I, de- I, I did it on the head person in the company. And she was so blown away at the results that it did for her life and how she felt it instantly when she downloaded it. And it also gives you a reading based on like your health, your mental, your spiritual, your emotional. So it has separate cards that you shuffle so that you know what the spirits want you to focus on. Is it your body? Is it your this? Is your that? So when you do the reading, it tells you what the reading is about by shuffling other cards. And it also tells you if it's based in wisdom, love, or power. So it's um, there's no cards that have been out there like that. So that comes out soon and the, the optimizer is already out. And so everything that I create is about optimizing human potential and being able to give people tools to increase their intuition, their awareness, and their ability to magnify their power in this world for the greater good of humanity. I love that. And I love the idea of alchemizing things, right? I feel like more people should study that. I had the the good fortune of, of learning a little bit about alchemy and learning about Paracelsus and all these different people. European biological medicine looked at that, studied it, and found it absolutely fascinating. That idea of alchemizing something, right? It's transmutation, not even transformation. It's completely different. You could do so much good with your life 
end with your health with that. Where can people learn more about these products yourself, connect with you? They can learn about it by going to shamandurek.com. They can also follow me on Instagram or TikTok at shamandurek. They can also, um, you know, check out my podcast if they need to, which I think I would like to have you on my podcast as well. So make sure we, we, we figure that out. And, you know, you know, the most important thing more than ever is not about me being Shaman Durek. It's about me creating a space for you to see yourself, know yourself and, and love yourself and be able to come into that level of truth and relationship with yourself. So that way you can live your best life. And that's really what it's about. And by you living that, you're actually helping other people live theirs. So everything that I do, if it's a session or whatever I'm doing, it's all about creating that level of awareness for humanity, for themselves, and then of course, for each other. Well, Sean Durek, thank you so much for all your work, for the book, for everything you're doing to help humanity and to help us rise and realize at our core, we're spiritual beings. We are energy. We must embrace that. We must love ourselves for that. So thank you again for coming on, Shaman. Hope to connect soon. It's a pleasure to serve you. Thank you for having me on your show. It's really unfortunate most of medicine dismisses spiritual healing and shamanic principles. We've realized that Innovative Medicine, just as Shaman Durek has experienced himself, that spiritual evolution embracing ancient teachings can lead to profound positive changes. I invite everyone listening to tap deep down into their core and unlock the true power of you that resides within your spirit. Until next time, continue writing your own healing story.